Hello there, you've clicked on the Passion Project podcast, the podcast about what people love. My name is Mark, and joining me in this episode are Chris Muse. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Not bad, sir. And Kyle Burnhill. Present. <laughs> yes, and accounted for. Chris and Kyle are here to share their passion for toy robots. Mm-hmm. Welcome, gentlemen. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Clickety goodness. Yes. How old are you guys? I'm about to be 30. And Kyle? And I'm 24, going on 25. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, at your age and stage, why robots, Chris? Yeah, I suppose it's something that I've always gotten enjoyment from. You know, I, I used to collect other toys as a kid, as many kids do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I don't collect, you know, M- Mighty Maxes and and <laughs> uh, and that kind of thing. Any, just any old toy. The reason, I guess, the Transformers have stuck is just because, A, you know, they're cool robots. They're always neat. Uh, and, oh, and, also, been, and, and just to be clear, we have brought they have brought yes. some with them. So if you hear fidgeting in the background, they are, they do have toys with them. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep your hands busy. So it started, it started yeah. at a young age. And yeah, it, it did, yeah. But again, it's it stuck with me, I think, in part because, you know, there it, there's something more than just a, a, a posable figure. They're, so, they're almost like a little puzzle piece. And, you know, no matter how complex or how difficult they are to transform, it's something you can do with your hands, mm-hmm. something that keeps your mind a little active. If you, you know, especially types like us, we're, you know, we're desk guys. So, you know, it's good to have desk toys. Absolutely. Kyle? I mean, everything that Chris said for sure. I mean, with a transformer, you get a cool looking robot, you get a cool looking car, and you get a cool puzzle to fiddle with in between. Um, for me, I've always loved robots in general. Since from the very moment my father showed me Star Wars for the first time, I fell in love with R two D two. So let's talk about that. Is that where it began? Uh, that would probably be that would probably be where the seed was planted, but not where the seed sprouted. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say the seed sprouted when I saw my when I've watched my very first Transformers cartoon in two thousand. I've watched it every Saturday morning, and this one episode stuck out about this one villain who was just trying to nuke the good guy's base from orbit and he kept screwing up over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I have a very bad habit where when I get attached to a character, I need to own them in some form of plastic. So, and so (laughs) move or the Decepticon was the first transformers I ever bought for me where it started. That's what you're asking. Yeah. Um, yeah, much like him, it was like, you know, I've always loved robots and stuff, but, and I, I was even familiar with transformers as a, a very young child, you know, relatives, and friends had them, but they just weren't my thing yeah. until around the mid-90s when a show called Beast Wars came out. And that's when, like, I first became, like, you know, I started watching the show from scratch, all the other stuff I was too young for. So, you know, and you see all the characters and their personalities, like, oh, these guys aren't just, like, bland robots. They have, like, you know, like... Depth. Depth to them, yeah, yeah. And, and, and of course, it's like, well, I got to get a Dinobot now because he's cool. Yeah. And you got to get an Optimus Prime because he's a leader. And you got to get a Tarantulas because he's duplicitous and sneaky. So it's like, you know, that's, I guess, that's definitely where, like, a, a lot of people, you know, a little bit older than myself, you know, they, they talk about G1, which is the original cartoon. And everybody, you know, like that, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's pure Transformers. You can't get better than that. And it's like... That's not where, that's where you guys started with me. Beast Wars was where I started, and that's kind of my G one almost. That's where I have a lot of the nostalgia. Yeah, Kyle, I guess you would have been seven. Yeah, about about eight, about seven or eight. Okay, and Chris, you would have been uh, first Transformer toy about five, but then like ninety six, about eight or nine. So it's been a lifelong passion for both. Definitely, of you. yeah. Okay, what would be the main contributor for you paying attention to this for so long? 
at the moment, I would say it's it's the comics. Like the Transformers comics are just killing it at the moment. They're um, they they reignited the fires of the franchise for me in a way that I never thought could. Earlier, so, you specifically uh, before we recorded, you specifically mentioned uh, Chrome Dome and Rewind. So. They they they're more they're fairly more well known. Chrome Dome was a really popular character in Japan. Uh, Rewind was sort, had sort of a minor role in the '80s cartoon, uh, but one of the big things about their characters that completely just elevated their status. Their status, yeah, was they the, the writer wrote them as the very first official Transformers gay couple. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Mm-hmm. And for sure, like, I, I liked both characters initially anyway. Like, I loved Chrome Dome's design, but that just made me want the two characters even more. So I bought them both the second I found them, and they are currently on my shelf, and Chrome Dome has his hand resting on Rewind's shoulder. <laughs> Chris, what's contributed to well, I want to bounce the off, longevity of your interest? In I want to bounce off kind of what we were talking about here to to explain my longevity, where, you know, we've just discussed two very different interpretations of the same toy basically yeah uh you know like back in the day it was just like oh i'm gonna fire my laser blaster and now it's like you know very strong uh you know character driven storylines and stuff and that's i think what's kept me interested with transformers so long is that as a franchise it's really uh lends itself to being reimagined and to transform if you will (laughs) Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, the, you have a lot of different interpretations. You've got the G1 cartoon, you know, like the 80s cartoon, yep. which is really kind of 80s cheese. and But it, it's evolved so much over the years. You've had, you know, like everything from really serious attempts at storytelling to, you know, really fun, you know, crisp, you know, children's entertainment to, you know, a bit, bit more you know, older fan-oriented entertainment, like cartoons and stuff. And then you've got the crazy movies, which are just... I know a lot of people hate them, but I love how just weird they are. So I guess it's not uh, it's not as far-fetched for two, you know, 20-something, 30-something males to yeah. find something they like mm-hmm. in these on-the-surface childish, I guess, mm. toys. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, for sure, the like a lot of stuff like the comics definitely play to an older audience. And I've seen like a lot of people who didn't know about Transformers before who've recently gotten into the comics trying to track down like their first Transformers toy of their favorite character. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be like an Optimus Prime or a Bumblebee. It would be like double dealer or something. A, a double dealer or a Whirl <laughs> or a Chrome Dome and Rewind because yeah. that's huge that they were the first official gay couple. A lot of mm-hmm. that was a big drawing point for a lot of people that made them sort of like take a second look at Transformers. What emotional attachment can you have to a piece of plastic? Again, it always comes back to the character for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be a matter of this character did something really cool in the in the comics. This character had a really had like a really cool character arc. They had they had a really emotional scene, and it makes me want to own them in plastic. Like, for example, there's one of the bad guys in the comics at the moment. His name is Croc. And he was a toy-only character. He was never in any form of fiction. He ever. didn't even transform. He didn't even transform. Um, but in the comics recently, he's a leader. He's like a recurring character, and he's the leader of like this ragtag group of just losers. Mm-hmm. And they're funny and they're adorable, and you really root for them, even though they're not the, the nicest guys. And he's getting a new toy this year, and that is like number one on my watch list because I love his character mm-hmm. from just two issues of reading him in a comic and yeah. getting to know him. Chris, how about you? Uh, I mean, there's the character is always an element. There are certain characters that I, like, whenever a new toy comes out, like uh, Cup, who's like the kind of grumpy soldier grandpa character, love him. 
you know, this guy here from the movies, the hound guy with the beard, I call him beard bot. <laughs> Any robot with a beard I got to get, you know, like okay. there, there is the, the character connection. But one thing that I also, um, the, the other thing about them that uh, can spark an emotional attachment to me is just where I was in life when I got them or or whatnot. Like, you know, I, I look at my Gr- my Grimlock, who's like a T-Rex guy. Like, okay. That's like one of the first Transformers I ever got. Is the oldest one I still have that I remember, like, picking out at the store. You know, a thing from Beast Wars rem- remind me of my, my elementary school days, my childhood. Thing, so you're you referencing know. the nostalgia factor here Absolutely, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and it's But it goes more than that. It, like, I think I mentioned this earlier where, um, you know, my mom loves the fact that I can just look at a Christmas picture she's trying to identify the, the like what year it was and I can just look at the toys that I was opening it's like oh of that's course. 1998 because I got this thing right so it like it's not even nostalgia for the franchise it's nostalgia for how it felt to get it and how it felt to feel like like oh cool I got this guy and he's so cool like I you know like I got a lot of toys when I was sick in the hospital that like you know getting those toys kind of helped make it a lot easier so it's like I have mm. a fondness for them so you know, like just it, it's a it's a almost like um a doorway through time or a window through time. I, bet, right. I guess is a better way to look at it. So to take you know to take it away from you know the characters and the fiction, just the pieces of plastic as they are can remind me of a myriad of different things in my life that are you know a pleasant memories. Could be a gift from a relative who's no longer with Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. You remember this is the one that this is the one that Aunt May gave me, and, mm-hmm. and you know. But you remember the day that she gave it to you. Remember the birthday. You remember yep. how happy she was to give it to you. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if that person's no longer with you, it it's sort of a piece mm-hmm. of memory. Or that friends you... that you don't that you've lost contact with, or whoever you know, mm-hmm. or people that you are still around. But you know, you, it helps you reappreciate your connection with them, even so. That's fascinating yeah. that you can sort of like a almost like a photo album in a sense. That's that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. yeah. How has this sort of changed your? I mean, I don't want to say life because that's bubble? a really. Yeah. How has it expanded? Has it expanded your bubble? Uh, well, we met because of it, Kyle. Exactly. Yeah. Today, actually, this is the first time we've actually physically. Yes, met. <laughs> we've been we've been internet friends for four years, but uh, we've never. Uh, we've, this is the first time we've met in person. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's an, exa- an example mm-hmm. right there. Which is has yours uh, expanded? Because I have a few things to say about this, but uh, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, my social circle pretty much remained the same size. I've certainly met a lot of people at like comic book stores and stuff like that who mm-hmm. are fans. And you know, if you if you share that interest, you can yeah, always just sort of local community. You can sure. al- you can always just sort of like you know talk to them about it. You know, and they they know the same stuff you know. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it could be a gateway into a new relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Chris, you said you have a, Cause, a story. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've delved a little bit deeper into that kind of thing where I have a lot – I'm on Twitter, mm-hmm. and there is definitely like a, a Transformers collectors kind of Twitter gr- – not a group, but like – A circle. A uh, circle, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the crew of guys that talk about this, and I'm part of it, I guess. Um, and uh, t- two years ago, two summers ago, I actually went to TFCon, which is a, a fan-run – Transformers convention out of Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, always been wanting to go there, and like I got basically got to meet all these people that I know from Twitter handles. I got to meet them in real life and you know interact with them and be friends with them. It was one thing that was really neat is when I like because you you do, they don't always know you until you say your Twitter handle. And I was just kind of hanging around one guy I knew, waiting for my opportunity to say hi to him, right? And I say, oh by the way, hey, so I'm Silent G and 
the whole table just goes, whoa, it's you. Like, and they're really, ha- and it's like all these other people were people I'm, I follow too. I just didn't recognize what they look like. Uh, but or like, their real names. Or their, or their real names. Cause a lot of, lot, some people are very private with that information. Yeah. But like, so, and instant rapport. Like at first I was feeling very nervous. Like are people going to want me to hang around with them? But just boom, instant. Like it was great. It's like uh, they were old friends and. You know that that was that's one of the greatest things about that particular trip. One of my favorite trips ever is because I wasn't going to a convention to look at nerdy things with strangers. I was going there to look at nerdy things with friends that we all share an interest in. So I'm I'm hoping to go back this summer. I'm really looking forward to it. How big are your collections, Kyle? I would say my collection is more of a moderate size. Um, okay. That being said, I am still suffocating in my room. <laughs> Um, I would. I haven't done a specific head count, but I would estimate around 150 to 200 pieces. Wow. Okay. And you're, you're very. You're much more picky than I am, though. I. I, I am. I'm very. I. I tend to buy a lot, but I. I know it, the ones that I tend to buy are. I mean, I have thought out. We've got in front of us about a half dozen characters, and I mean, they take up a sizable amount of space on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just imagining this you know, 30 times bigger. Chris, how big is your collection? So if Kyle is suffocating in his room with 150 to 200, then I am absolutely drowning at the bottom of the sea. Because <laughs> All right. I, I don't think I buy much more than you. I, I do, I'm a little bit less picky because sometimes I just go to the mall and say, oh, cool, there's that thing. I've seen this. I've got a little spending money. I could use a pick-me-up and I'll buy it. But I'm still fairly, like, selective. Okay. The thing is, though, is, like, when when you equate these toys with, you know, a photo album, like you said, it's hard to throw away the photos. Okay. Or sell them or whatever. So, and I've been collecting for 25 years, so I have a pretty large accumulation of robots. Ah, uh, what, what's if the... I had to, if I had to guess a count. top number, like, 2,000 pieces. <laughs> okay. And again, these are not all like collector quality pieces. A lot of these are from childhood in a bin somewhere. But really, if I like, I've had 150 uh, toys on my desk, like just for my work before. Where and that's the pick up and reach brand new toys. So okay, like I say, I I have a lot. Two thousand at the at the upper echelon. Okay, definitely a thousand at least. Yeah, but I think two thousand isn't too big of an estimate. How do you guys balance your love of collecting these things with your real life responsibilities? That is always an eternal battle. You, some days you win and some days you lose, <laughs> right? I, I mean, for me, this is my this is my thing. This is my hobby. This is my passion. Some people's passion is traveling. Some people's passion is going out to the bar with their friends. Concerts, postcards. You, you hold on to the tickets from the from there. You spend. You spend hundreds of dollars to go see Metallica in mm-hmm. in that, but this is my thing, and mm-hmm. so I I think that in the end I spend about as much as on this as people would spend to go out to the bar with their friends or mm-hmm. do something like that. Like like this is where my disposable income goes. It's, and it's about the same for me. Like I mean, as I said, I I try and uh, buy more kind of like the economy kind of thing, like stuff you go at the mass retail. Pick up on the wall, you know, the occasional nice, expensive treat. But, you know, it, it is where all my disposable income co- goes. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes the, 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 the one thing that's fun about that, about our hobby in that regard, is um, sometimes you just go to the Walmart and 
crap, the thing you've been looking for is there. You got to buy it now. You may never see it again. You you stand at the end of the aisle. You see the first four letters of the character you've been looking yeah. for out of the corner of your eye, and the next second, you know, you're ten feet down the hall, staring at it, and you're going out of there like you just committed a crime. My my friend Robbie likes like when I have that reaction, he's, he he says I have the 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 grab it hands or something like that, where it's just like before it even registers that I've seen it, I've grabbed it. <laughs> like it, it's it, just like whoop! It's in my hand now. It's the thrill of the hunt. You get that sort of Definitely, you get that sort yeah. of like jump in your heart when you see the one that you've been looking for. And it's like oh my god, it's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the things that you know a lot of people do online shopping now, but that that doesn't that that r- robs you of the thrill of the hunt a little bit. Is there an end to this? I hope not. <laughs> I'm gonna keep collecting. As long as Hasbro keeps putting out characters that I like and toys of characters who have never had toys before that I want, and as long as they keep making them look cool and make, keep making them do cool things, I'll keep giving them my money. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a jumping off point at some point, you know, sort of tie the knot before I run out of space, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that day. It would be, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be kind of a sad, sad send-off. With me, like, this is my thing. It's like you've said this is your thing. This is... Mm-hmm. This is the thing I do just for me to keep me sane a little bit. This is like, you know, on bad days, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, sometimes you just got to go out and buy a toy if there's something there that you can find that you want. I do not see an end game in this. I, my end game is when I die, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when inevitably one of those shelves just comes unhinged from the wall and they and find you three days later. With beard bots. Yeah. <laughs> you have the sword of... You have the sword of uh, one of the Autobots just mm-hmm. impaled through your throat. <laughs> the Gen- Star Saber. Gentlemen, thank you very much for sharing this with me today. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to the Passion Project podcast. My name is Mark, and you should follow me on Stuff. I am the Nameless Avenger in most places, or just Nameless Avenger on Twitter because I didn't have enough space. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. <laughs>